Happy Friday, everybody. How's it going? This is Lance Harbison. This is Culture Surfing. So today we're going to talk about, of course, some playoff matchups. But it just occurred to me earlier that there was going to be a draft lottery. So I wanted to make sure we uh, talked about that as well. And there was some uh, interesting interesting happenings uh, in that said uh, draft lottery. So I'm just going to start off and say that the Minnesota Timberwolves got the number one draft pick. So that's that's going to be a fun uh, draft situation for the player and the team, uh, being that Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best bigs in the league. And also he has his best friend, D'Angelo Russell, with him now, a uh, former all-star. Uh, and if maybe they can add a young player or they can use that to get another all-star, that's yet to be seen. Um, next, we have the Golden State Warriors, of course, just coming off of a terrible season, uh, pretty much due to injury, not necessarily anything they did wrong, unless you want to count Draymond Green's uh, triple single season. Um, but that's uh, between him and Charles Barkley. They seem to be good now. Um, but yeah, they got the second uh, pick, third pick. And honestly, I kind of wish they got the first pick just for entertainment value, but uh, the Charlotte Hornets. So we can see what uh, Michael Jordan will do there. And we know that he kind of has a spotty draft history. Um, with that said, Noe, uh, out of the top three picks, which one do you think is the best situation? And this might be obvious, but considering that you could be traded by one of these teams to a lesser, um, let's say light team, which, uh, which, which team do you think has the best situation? So for these three players, best situation for the team or best situation for for the player, player. The player. And you got to consider the circumstances of what might happen to him if he gets drafted there. I just don't think that any of them are good situations for the player, right? Because I don't think. Well, I, I think uh, the Woods should probably move the pick. I think they they got too much youth already, which you know. You, you want to have the youth, but you want to have balance as well. You want to have the veteran experience that's going to be able to, you know, step up in the clutches, which which is what they've struggled with, you know, so often. Um, so I think for them, it's probably best to try and, and get a good package deal, try and get a quality veteran in um, to come in and help those young cats. Um, I Man, I'm all for packaging that with Wiggins, whatever kind of Wiggins value is remaining and see what you can get to, to put next to Cat. And um, the Warriors situation is the exact same. I just think that they're they're still in win-now mode, right? Like, I don't think their window is closed. They obviously just have a terrible season, but they're definitely still in win-now mode. The Warriors would have most definitely been, you know, a, a top four in this this Western Conference this year, um, and, arguably a, and arguably a favor to come out of it. So I, I just see them moving that pick as well and trying to, you know, get get more win-now pieces as opposed to the build-for-the-future idea. And the Hornets, I mean, that's just never a good situation for anybody going to it. Um, it's – Jesus, I mean, how many times have we seen it now? It's, it's tragic to see a player drafted there. Um, but hey, maybe somebody in that top three just saved themselves out of that, and maybe they end up with the Bulls, who's not any better, right? That four. But yeah. Oh, and if they get lucky and get past the Bulls, then they get the Cavs at five. So it's <laughs> it's not a great situation now if you're the player, right? But these are kids that are getting uh, out of college into the NBA. I mean, you're already winning at life, so take what you get. Yeah, and speaking of the Warriors, you know, obviously being in a cell position, um, being that Woj just came out and said that they were. And, of course, I think most people already thought they were going to do that because, you know, they want to win with this veteran cast they got. Uh, you know, they're not getting any younger and with uh, injuries that they just suffered. I mean, who knows how they're going to come back from it. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I would have loved for, a, like, if I was a player, I would love to get drafted to the Warriors, right? I mean, you're going to learn so much. You're going to have fun, but. The yeah. harsh reality is you're going to get traded or you might not get playing time. Yeah. I mean, and if you're the Warriors, you're a center, if, if you're the Warriors, you, do you want to move that pick? I mean, I know that that's what's said, but do you think that that's the best, the best move for the Warriors is to move that pick or, or is there, or is there some value in trying to maybe take a player there and trying to consider 
the idea that at some point they're going to have to move on from the from, from their current stars, right? So the problem is it's all positional to me, and one of the names that is keeps getting mentioned is James Wiseman, uh, center out of Memphis. Unfortunately, though, he didn't really play that many games with Memphis. Uh, I believe it was an eligibility issue or something like that. I, I'm not well-versed in the college world, so I'll just be honest with you on that. But smart people do say that, yes, he can be dangerous, but at the same time, uh, there are some defensive deficiencies that he has. And obviously in this today's game, that is something that you cannot have from your center and he can't stretch the floor. Uh, although he is great finishing around the basket and all that, but I mean, you can get that elsewhere without, you know, using your second pick on that. So yeah, uh, I, I really do think the Warriors should sell. And I mean, it's hard to say what they could get for that pick because I mean, this draft is just not strong, which has been, you know, well-documented, you know, for the past year. I mean, the Zion draft last year, they were saying you better get what you can now because, you know, next season it's going to be pretty barren in terms of, uh, you know, franchise altering uh, draft picks. But yeah, I, the Hornets situation, I think it's good for the player in terms of getting minutes and actual just being on the floor. Uh, you're going to get your stat stuffing, uh, you know, records and whatnot uh, for rookies because, I mean, they just, they're probably not going to have anything to play for. And uh, it's just, Traditionally, yeah, the Hornets are just good enough not to get the number one pick, but always bad enough to not get the eighth seed. You know, I mean, even this year, you know, I, they kind of started off uh, surprisingly well and it just dipped like it usually does. But uh, I can see James Wiseman, uh, Wiseman getting drafted by uh, Jordan. It just seems like a Jordan draft pick to me. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that means as far as the statement towards Wiseman, right? Like, I hope that's not a, a diss to him. Um, and Just going by what his play style is, that's what I mean. It just sounds like it's kind of old school. Okay. I think Jordan would appreciate that. And I'm not I'm not even saying that Wiseman's going to be a bust or anything because I honestly don't know that much. I just know nowadays you don't really necessarily need to draft a center that high unless he's like Anthony Davis level. Right. Trans- so transcension. Other notable picks or – numbers on those picks here Knicks at eight um obviously they're you know wanting to rebuild mm-hmm. Shame that they're probably not going to get much value out of that pick um see who else is interesting on here the pelicans at 13 you know they got the young base and looking to continue to grow but there's obviously not a lot there either for them and then that's pretty much it really everything after that is same old, same old. Yeah, this is a bleak draft class. I mean, there's some gems, supposedly. Uh, uh, forgive me. Uh, it's the, uh, I think he's Israeli and he's a guard. or No, he's a forward. Um, Jay Billis was saying that he's a top five talent, but it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be surprising if he crept up, you know, higher than that. Nice. Uh, Spurs kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't, like I said, we'll do deep diving. Uh, we'll have someone on that has a draft expertise soon because me and Noah just don't watch enough college ball yeah, never been to really, you know, have too much of a say on these things. But it's it's just you can't, you know, not mention it. You know, it's a that's news and we got to talk about it. But with that said, talking about things that we just can't miss out on, we we got to apologize to the Orlando Magic people. Uh, <laughs> me and Noah, we, we disrespected them. And you know what? We should have taken into account that they did beat uh, the eventual champions last year in the first round, which was the Toronto Raptors. That was a DJ Augustine game, the infamous DJ Augustine game. But, you know, they looked just really good for one game, and then they just got blown out the water. Uh, and, of course, that's kind of what happened today. Even though the Bucks won convincingly, they were still sloppy in the fourth quarter, turning the ball over. I saw Brook Lopez airball a three. I mean, but I mean, that's what that's what you're going to get when you're playing the eighth seed in the East. You can kind of do all these follies and still win by double digits if you're yeah. you know, the Bucks. I'm sorry, Orlando Magic and Orlando Magic fandom. Um, you guys still suck, but you got one. So kudos to you. Um, I don't know if that's more on a great game for Orlando or the Bucks just coming out really flat. 
So uh, Vucevic was like the main person that came out and balled. And he can do that. He can definitely yeah. ball. Yeah. But well, he was he was in the 30s. I believe he had 15 boards. I mean, he was eating. And Yeah, Vucevic can definitely fill up the stat sheet. And uh, Terrence Ross, which he just came back. Because uh, I, I read last week that, you know, he wasn't going to be able to play. And he uh, he came he ended up coming back so he he did so uh, he played well off the bench. Uh, Marco Fultz, I know that uh, we talked about him briefly last uh, Easter Conference preview, and I mean he's a young guard, and honestly he's just in an awkward position in his career. Uh, hopefully, you know he can just stick with a team and in an awkward position. What's that? I said his whole career has been an awkward. Yeah, position. well, it's his jump shot. It all stemmed with his awkward jump shot. That's what, you know, he just some, for some reason he needed to change his jump shot and it just went down from there. And plus just getting drafted by Philly was probably not a great, at the moment it felt good, but we know how they are with injuries. So that's enough magic talk. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've already feel like I've over, over apologized here. Cause, uh, we'll be talking about Milwaukee soon. I'm sure, but maybe not so much the Orlando magic, not until next, uh, not, uh, not until the next uh, lottery draft. Yeah. All right, but what these matchups that have actually been a lot more interesting and have actually been high quality drama for quarantine TV. Um, yes, for sure, a lot better stuff out there than, than Magic Bucks discussions. So you're saying it's Dame time? Is that what time it is? A they 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 don't have the guards to stop them. And I will, in fairness, not anybody, not a lot of people do, but let's talk about that. Is that that game that we're recording this as game two is underway. So it's kind of, this is kind of with the grain of salt because they're getting their brakes blown off right now, I believe. They are. Oh, the game's over actually. It just ended. Uh, 111 well, 88 series time. Wow. So, Let's start with game one. Um, it felt a little bit like what I expected to see, like I said in the conference preview, the Western Conference preview, as far as this matchup went. There are definitely two teams that were coming in, trending in different directions um, as far as the intangibles go, you know, just momentum. It definitely did feel tonight like they poked the bear and they puffed their chest and LeBron came out with a vengeance tonight. But I don't think that that that's a uh, put him away game. You know, this is, this is very much going to be a back and forth series. You know, the, the, the Blazers shot the ball terrible today. They're not going to do that every game either. So this is still very much a series. This is probably my favorite series of this first round other than. Matt. <laughs> Right, Clippers uh, has to be it for me because it's been quality, um, and because I'm a mass fan, right? But other than that, this has been the most interesting series for me. Um, what, what do you What do you think, and where do you at? Where Where do you see this going? Where so your reaction to to the event so far? So, you know, I picked uh, Lakers in six, right? And I figured Portland was obviously going to get a win. I didn't think it was going to be the first game. You know, I didn't think they were going to come out and just win the first game. I thought it was kind of be like a one-one split after the second game, right. um, and uh, I mean LeBron came out the first game and he was like Magic Johnson. I mean he was assisting on most. He wasn't really looking to score. Yeah, he finished with twenty points, but it and you know beg my pardon, but it wasn't necessarily an aggressive twenty points. Uh, but I I did appreciate that he was trying to feed Davis uh, early. Uh, it just he didn't really you know. Look, let's be honest here. The, uh, the the Blazers just don't have wing defenders. They don't. They don't have nobody to stop LeBron. If LeBron wants to sit in that dunk area and post up and create like he did today when he was posting up and creating from the post, he can do that every game if he wants, and no one's going to stop him. Unfortunately, the first game, he didn't look to do that. Yeah, he averaged uh, – or not averaged, but yeah, he finished with 16 points and 17 boards, which, I mean, honestly, I, I just thought that was amazing. But, I mean, it comes in a losing effort. And in the fourth quarter, he just, I'm not going to say disappeared, but he was not aggressive. And maybe that's because he cannot dominate every game like he used to. 
Uh, that's yet to, you know, be seen. Um, at least, you know, Please. every year pretty much he can do whatever he wants. But this year I think he has to pace himself, and I don't think he needs to waste his energy on a on an eight seed. But with that said, they can't afford to have already went down 0-1 to the eight seed. But Anthony Davis did dominate tonight early. Yeah. I mean, he already had more points in the paint today than he did. And that was it was the first half. He already had more uh, points in the paint in the first half than he did all game uh game one so yeah you know i think the biggest thing for me is uh portland like you mentioned they're not stopping anybody on defense really um their thing is they have to be able to score the ball to be able to keep up and tonight like tonight for example they shot 27 percent from three mccullum was one for one for five dame was one for seven and those are the guys taking the bulk of the shots. And Art Nurkic was one for three, and Melo only put one up and missed it. They can't go out and shoot twenty seven. This order could be more than an order. Keep up this McChicken with, could be the first one in a while. You've had you know anyone really because they can't defend. So if they if they can't defend and and they're missing their shots, it's just not going to be a good series. Even when they're hitting their shots, it's going to be close. So I think we both had Lakers in six. Um, and this is kind of what I expected to see. I, I expected to see a feisty Portland, and I expected that when they get hot, they're more than capable of winning. I just don't think they could do it, you know, four times. But that you know, I didn't even think they could do it three times. So it feels like the series is going to go kind of the way we expected it. Um, it's going to be a feisty series. That their Portland's going to give them hell, but I think that their lack of defense just outdoes them. Yeah, and this is one of the, you know, obviously I'm happy that we have the bubble and 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 it just is working so well that you it's just commendable and you can only uh, tip your hat to Adam Silver and everyone involved. But this is a situation where you're like, yeah, the crowd would make a huge difference. Oh, yeah, most definitely. This series would be really fun to watch. Yeah. Home and away. I mean, just imagine, you know, this next game, how uh, the Rose Garden would be, you know, for the Blazers. Right. Especially, you know, they'd be going insane. Court advantage. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. We can only deal with what is in front of us. And, hey, the Blazers still made a, an issue and won the first game. So the, the pressure is all on the Lakers, man. There's no pressure on the Blazers. Blazers aren't well, supposed to be they're, here. They're playing with house money for sure. Like, yeah. There, no one. If they get knocked out of this, which they should, right? No one's going to say anything bad about them, other than, you know, great job for making it and great job for making it a series. You know, um, right? No one's going to bash them for anything. As a matter of fact, the more games that they extend this, the more pressure, the more the pressure builds on LA. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's pretty much like McCollum and Lillard are going to have to obviously between the two of them, we're going to have to average like 55, 57 points for this to be a thing because um, Nurkic is, is great and everything, but I mean, he's his uh, sole role on here is not to score, you know, it's to, it's really sometimes be like I mentioned on the Western conference uh, preview, kind of be like a secondary creator uh, from the three point line, you know, um, with this passing and also his picks. Um, and I think he's given AD a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of an effort, but I mean, with the uh, the guy that they got right now at power forward, uh, Wenyan Gabriel, uh, he is uh, starting right now. He's played more G League games than he's had uh, than he's played in the NBA, so that just kind of tells you about his experience. And honestly, and I don't know, I'm going to talk bad about that gentleman because that is just a hard position to be in. You know that you're pretty much going to you're going to you're told that you got to guard AD Dwight Howard. You know it's kind of unfair. But that's just the injury situation that the Blazers always have, unfortunately. This is the reason why they were the eighth seed, not because of Dame couldn't perform or McComb couldn't perform. It was because literally players were just out. And if it wasn't for the restart. They, yeah, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't have been a playoff team. Yeah, they wouldn't have been a playoff team. So the restart kind of was a blessing for them. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I still think that we're going to get our six-game series like we uh, we said and – I mean, the Lakers winning is is it, that's what's supposed to happen, right? So nothing, yeah, nothing was done tonight that was just out of the ordinary. No, 
this is actually what I expected them to come out do game one, and I expected yeah. them to come back fighting and try another one. But right. I think, like I said, I think the the way that momentum was going coming into the game, it almost felt like it just continued on to game one, and it almost was a wake-up call for the Lakers that just because you're the number one seed doesn't mean you're guaranteed a pass. Right, and I mean... I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't really have too much else to say about... You're about playing fire for these teams like L.A., teams like well, both L.A. teams, Milwaukee. You know, they, they came into this heavily favored, and it feels like they're playing with an attitude of, I have an on switch, I just got to hit it, and I can beat you. Right. But, man, you don't want to let some of these teams grow confidence. I'm not saying the Magic, obviously, but... Teams like the Blazers growing confident, teams like the Mavericks growing confident. Right. It's it's not a situation that you're wanting to do if you're these top seeds just because you think you can turn it on at any moment and and you know walk past whoever's in front of you. And honestly, that mindset should only be reserved for champions, anyways. And that, and obviously LeBron's a champion, but championship teams, you, you know, the Lakers haven't won a championship with with LeBron. So like, what makes you what makes them think they could even think like that? Not saying they do. But I'm sure that's that's how it comes across. Yeah, right. And it's especially with LeBron teams, because that's what he's done for years now. But I think that number one seed was secured for the Lakers. It almost felt like they were they just mailed it in and they were just kind of like, you know, well, we're ready for the playoffs to start. Well, you just turn it on when it starts, you know? Right. Like honestly, the NBA should have just been like, Hey, Lakers, you don't have to play into the playoffs if that's what y'all were gonna do, you know. Because we put y'all on TV every night for y'all to stink it up every night. Like literally, it would seem like every bubble uh, seeding game was the Lakers involved. So it was like the 80s when it was just the Lakers and Celtics on TV every every night. All right. uh, yeah. As we were talking about uh, the Clippers a second ago and how they're yeah. kind of that same nonchalant, you know, mindset going into their series, Clips Mavs has turned out to be quite interesting a lot more interesting than I expected it to be because I did not expect the kind of performances that we're seeing out of Luka Doncic. I I expected him to struggle against his defense. And for all of like five minutes of game one, it felt like, oh my God, my worst nightmare is coming to life. It is literally what I expected times 10. Couldn't hold on to the ball. It, it, was, it was just, he looked suffocated. And then... It's like somebody pulled him out of the glass of water he was drowning in, and he's been a completely different player ever since. Yeah, it was after uh, actually when he went down and his ankle, and so I was like, oh, crap. So not only is he getting destroyed like with all these turnovers, but now he's going to get hurt. He's going back to the locker room to get retained. Right, and then he came back, and maybe Carlisle was like, hey, man, you need to wake up. They're not going to go easy on you, and this is the playoffs. Or he just – you know, had an epiphany was like, hey, I need to I need to lock it up. And after that, it's just the Mavs went on a mission, um, kept it close, took the lead. Well, no, they not only kept it, they looked like the better team. Yeah. The vast majority of that first half. Up until the third quarter. When and something then, really horrible and, happened. And, and what we've this is something that everyone if we're here in Dallas. Everyone in Dallas is talking about this, as you can imagine. A good percentage of the, the you know national population as far as sports goes is talking about this the infamous Porzingis ejection it, it man it felt really 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 soft especially for playoff basketball extremely soft and it definitely felt like something that would not have happened if it had been a different player. We see stuff like this from players like Chris Paul. Paul George, as a matter of fact, just on the other side of this court, constantly berating refs. And then to see the outcome of this, I just it leaves a really sour taste in your mouth when a game is and I'm not saying that this was decided by the refs, right? The Mavs stayed in it. They kept it close. They had a chance in the end. But, man, you have to know that it makes a difference when your second best player is not on the court for the whole second half of a game. 
momentum was shot. It it just was. Uh, after that happened, I mean, for most of the game, I was kind of into it and engaged and excited and mad and happy. Oh, and after that, you shot me a text and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it and I think we were both kind of on the same page. It just ruined my taste for what had been at the yeah. top to a really good game. I was just at that point, I was just watching it to watch it, and I was like. Obviously, I was like, hey, we the Mavericks will have a chance. And, I mean, Luca honestly did everything he could. I mean, he did everything he could. And, you know, the Clippers, let's just say uh, Marcus Morris uh, showed some game and shit. And uh, kudos to him for <laughs> working that angle. And, and uh, there, was a lot, there was a lot of uh, just experience there. We'll say – we'll put it that way to put it kindly, right? Because – yeah. KP didn't he didn't in that second tee he didn't come into that ever expecting to pick up that second technical he obviously knows he has the the one technical in there yeah. it didn't look like I think the rule is that if there is an escalation it's an automatic technical right it didn't look right. like him in doing anything that was escalating the situation yeah. um I Morris is one of those fake tough guys nothing was going to happen anyways Luca's not right guy that's going to get into a fist fight in the game no. <laughs> nothing was coming of it you know and maybe kp should have known better you know he should have known that 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 was the case that nothing was going to come of that and he could have just let it be but if you've ever played sports and you know what it's like the heat of the moment you know you kind of have to step in or at least you feel like you do you know it's camaraderie. You can't. Yeah. Something. Even if you're not going to do anything, you at least yeah. have to have the illusion that you're going to do something. What? Well, he didn't even. But he didn't even come in looking like that. Like he's not like he like no. bum rushed the 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 crowd. No. Like came out like fist swinging. I mean, he literally came out there to to stand. It was all verbal. Yeah, it didn't look like you know he was there to do anything more than just de-escalate. You know, right. the whole little whatever you want to call it. It theater because that's what it was. It wasn't anything happening. Yeah. It was just right. fake, you know, tough guy stuff going on. And then to have that be what ends up getting them tossed, man, it's just it just you don't. I'm I'm sorry, NBA. You you can't you can't ruin a game like that. Even though I know you, if you're the if you're the Mavs, you have to try and play through it, but for the fan base and for the people watching the game on primetime, it does ruin the game for you because what was a great game that looked like could have gone either way, you know, all of a sudden feels like, man, these, these guys are up against the wall, you know, even though they, like I said, they played well, but it's just, you know, they didn't have the same, the same odds that they had, had KP been in the game. So I just want to give you a fun fact. I mean, I didn't hear this guy's name until he did this. Is usually what happens with referees, unless they do something crazy. I don't know their names or if they've been in the league for a while. So the guy that ejected KP was his name is Kane Fitzgerald. He's Guess the guy who, who LeBron. Yes, which yeah. is why that is insane to me because that is the only time LeBron has ever been ejected, right? Because of this guy. So this okay. tells you who he is. Just today, at one point, he's on the sideline, right? LeBron is. And yeah. he's like stepping off of the bench onto the court. Yeah. To yell. Yelling at the ref, saying it was out. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And instead of getting a T, the ref was like apologizing to him, like, yeah, yeah, man, I got it. I got it. Right. It's like, come on, man. It, uh, it's really frustrating. And I get it, man. I get that the, that the superstars get superstar treatment. As an athlete, I absolutely hate it, right? Because I'm all about letting the game be the game and the refs really not – shouldn't they shouldn't really influence the game, you know? It should you, – you do your job and that's it. Right. But, you know, we're Mavs guys, so we saw it in 06 with Wade. You know, we, 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 we see it this season. And, and a lot of guys, you know, in the media – and then social media complain a lot about Doncic and the way that he reacts towards refs. And I'm not a fan of it. Right. I, I dislike the fact that he, he whines, he cries. Right. I don't think that that's a Luca problem. I think that's a league wide problem. It feels like that's just across the board, man. If you've seen a doc rivers coach team, 
those guys are and this is not just because the Mavs are playing the Clippers right now. This is this is something I've said for years. Yeah. Man, they are really, really annoying to watch how they handle ref situations there. But in the end, you know, you if if you watch enough Mavs games, you you do get to see that Luca is getting whatever the hell the anti superstar treatment is, right? Because the man gets hacked so much and doesn't get the amount of calls that you would think he gets. And he does get a lot of them. I mean, he gets to the free throw plenty. But there are more than, I'd say, four or six free throw opportunities a game that he could also be getting if he was getting half of the calls that he should be. Right. And honestly, that, that'll come with time. I think after, I mean, because obviously, you know, he he's an MVP candidate. They go to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. I think that just comes with respect, and yeah, he'll get those calls eventually. I mean, yeah, that's just that's just the life of a of a athlete, you know. And you know, he kind of got to earn it. Luca's game style, you know, as far as that goes, and as far as the way he attacks and the way he's able to to pick up fouls or or have other players pick up fouls, yeah, is very hard and esque. Like, um, he he's gonna be on the free throw throughout his career. A lot, which is why it's so crucial for him to improve his free throw shooting. It, you know, to the same point, Paul George in foul trouble in both four f- first quarters in both games, uh, all guarding Luca. He's he's right. He's really and PG's he's a good defender, right? Maybe he's not as good as a defender as he's been touted to be because I feel like there is a little bit of overhype there on PG's defense. Not saying that he's not a good defender, but he's I mean, he's not quiet either, you know? Yeah, but I think, uh, I mean, that just shows you Luca's talent level, you know? Because, I mean, they've the Clippers have been touted as this defensive threat this whole year, and, they, you know, they got all these wings that can pester. And honestly, obviously, they, they did pester in the first the first game because he finished with, what, uh, nine or ten turnovers, uh, Luca, Five in the first quarter, I believe. So it's like... They obviously bothered him. Um, and he, he turned that 11 turnover performance in game one to a one turnover performance in game two. Yeah. And also, uh, George was in horrible foul trouble. And he had a great first game. But uh, his second game, I'm just going to read you the stat line real quick. Four for 17 from the field. Overall, two for 10 from the three. And, yeah, I mean, he's just terrible. You know, terrible. Yeah, that one point airballed the three, and I was like, man, he's just having an absolute dumpster fire of a game. As good of a defensive team as the Clippers are, and I hate to sound like a fanboy, Luka just put up, what is it, second best? Yeah, all- I think Kareem was uh, the person he passed. Uh, I think the number one, I think the record was 75 points in, in their first two games. Yeah. Just put up seventy, and he and he only played twenty eight minutes in the second game. Because- right. Yeah, he spent most of the second half in foul trouble. I mean, yeah. and honestly, a lot of that, a lot yeah. of that was because he took bad fouls. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Was yeah. fouls. I was like, what are you doing? Like you like the Montrez. I understand if you had like two fouls at that point, but you didn't. I right. I believe you had four. And yes, Delon Wright turned the ball over and put Luca in a bad position. But Luca's got to know, hey, just let him get the two points, man. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about playing like yeah. on edge the whole uh, fourth quarter. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think this is a a great series if you're the Dallas Mavericks as an organization. Um, you, like what we were saying with Portland, right? Like Dallas is playing with house money. No one's expecting them to win this series. This series for Dallas is really all about just going out, getting as much experience as they can and what playoff competition is like for these two young stars. And as far as the organization goes, seeing what your your role pieces look like and trying to decide, is this what you want to move forward with and, you know, bank on the continued growth of your stars? Or do you feel like you need to make some pieces move around to try and find a, a better supporting cast for the for the two young stars? So if you're Dallas, this is, this is great. This is everything you want it to be. Um, you you take your you know you take your shot at it you know you get your players your experience 
you get a good chance to look at them and figure out as an organization what you want to do moving forward. All in all, it's it's a win-win for Dallas, even if they don't win the series. Right. And this is our, this is what I've been saying. This is our honeymoon season. They weren't supposed to make the playoffs by a lot of people's projections, including me. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. They did. I mean, they're here. They, they've already won a game. You could argue they won, they could have won two, but, you know, we can't change history. That just happened. But they're here. Uh, but I don't. I, I want to talk about the Clippers. You know, uh, Kawhi at one point, you know, the, the Mavericks kind of – this was the first uh, – they had a wire-to-wire uh, victory. Clippers didn't, Clippers didn't have a lead. Mavericks had it the whole game. But I think the last they- two minutes – I, ex- I saw it extended to it was like 18 at one point. Yeah. The thing is, though, the last, I'd say the last three minutes felt like 15 minutes because of Kawhi, because he started getting engaged. Yeah. And there was at one point he was on his pivot and he kind of did some like little move and then he kind of did like a 180 and just faded away and he, and he hit it and it wasn't out of bank. It was just like straight in. And I was just like, man, I don't want to say something out loud, but. Oh, and if you watch the last games this season, yeah, that they are more than liable to blow a lead. Right, uh, no lead is safe for this Mavs team. The way no, that choke them away so many times this season, and this is what makes the Paul George performance even worse. Because I mean, yeah, Kawhi didn't necessarily have the greatest uh, stat sheet, but he was the one performing in the last few minutes or so. And if George could have just gave him just a kind of a leeway of of scoring, and then Lou Williams too, he had two two right close to the basket uh, buckets that he missed. Yeah, but Lou Williams kept them attached for a quite a while. A good yeah. team, Lou Williams did a good job of just keeping them attached to it and not letting it get too far out of hand. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, it definitely does feel like the Clippers. Like I said, the same as the Lakers, they feels like they they feel like they have a switch they can hit. And, and and blow past this team. And, you know, I still have them winning the series, you know, obviously. Of course. But, you know, you don't want to extend this series longer than you have to by giving this Mavs team confidence and then risking injury or risking, you know, this is this is still a pro team. And, and Luka and KP, you know, you know what you're going to get out of them. And if you give these role players a chance to get some confidence and you, this game too, as great as the Stars played, this game was won by the bench and the role players. You know, if 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 they let those guys grow in confidence, it it could end up being a long series for the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, uh, one more thing about Kawhi. He finished with uh, 14 free throw attempts. And it seemed like every time he got the ball, he either got to a spot or he got fouled. And I just think that's what's going to happen in this whole series. I mean, they just don't have uh, – Mavericks don't have nobody for him. Uh, but he's just going to have to keep on because, um, you know, first game, he wasn't as aggressive. This game, he kind of was more so in the, uh, the last few minutes. But I just think he's just going to keep on like this. I think Paul George is going to have a, a, a good bounce back. There's no way he's going to have terrible of a game. But um, I don't necessarily want to say who's going to win this uh, this next game because, you know, I said five games. I would love for it to go longer than five. But. Yeah, it, I just it doesn't feel like it's going to be a five game series. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it especially like, if the Mavericks role players are going to perform like they did in game two. Uh, can't either because they've been very no, inconsistent. But we we got to talk about it. Uh, I know me and you in, in our private chats. You know we we give each other shit for the two players that we we kind of ride for off the bench. Uh, I. <laughs> I'm I'm a Seth Curry guy. I'm not gonna lie. He was the first guy I wrote an article about back in the day. So there's always something with him. And to me, I don't know. Not, I the underdog story too. I guess to me, it's not so much that I am because uh, I've been rooting for for Trey Burke. Um, and this is this is kind of what me and Lance going back and forth on between Burke and Curry. Um, of course, I have the advantage because Burke isn't getting paid. Or at least not what Curry is. He's coming off the street, and there's no yeah. reason guy coming off the street should be competing at all with the guy that's supposed to be your sixth man slash spot starter. But you know why he's coming off the street, right? Because the Philadelphia 76ers once again made a bad decision and let go of a guard that they could have used now. Now that Ben Simmons is hurt, so 
he shouldn't even be he shouldn't even been with the Dallas Mavericks. He should have been on a team, but that's that's all I gotta say. He shouldn't even he should have that I'm just glad that Philly messed up and let Dallas get that opportunity to uh bring him back in for another stint. Shout out to the Knicks too, man. I still love that trade more and more every time I look at it. <laughs> Golly. Knickerbockers, I love it. Please. Hey, eighth pick, baby. They got the eighth pick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, let's move on. We still got some more stuff to talk about. We don't have that much more time left. So let's go. Speaking of Sixers, uh, let's go South Six Sisters. Um, is this is this what you expected to see? Uh, well, no. I said six games. Um, I, it's just it's so demoralizing. Because you know we're uh, we're in a group called the Ringer NBA, which is of course the Ringer. Bill Simmons owns it, you know. Um, but there's a lot of uh, Celtics fans in there. It's so I popular. yeah I posted in there, and I was like, hey, I just have a feeling that this series is <laughs> gonna be a lot closer than many people think. And I'm like, man, I'm yeah, glad no cool. one like uh, you know posted in that status i don't know if i've since deleted it but i might have to go back and do that before someone catches it but the thing is with this series is there's plenty moments where it looks like the sixers are going to get it together and that's mainly because of Embiid and his uh physicality which you know we alluded to and yeah he would would do good he'd have a great series i didn't think that i just don't think he's enough um i think I, i could be i don't have it in front of me right now but i think i picked celtics in five I still think that. Yeah, the, you did. Well, the problem is, I mean, Embiid's like finishing with 30 plus points and we're still talking about how he's not engaged and, you know, how how he's just going through the motions. And then honestly, yeah, that may be true, but I just think that's so unfair. Look what he has to work with right now. I mean, Tobias Harris is the de facto Jimmy Butler because they let Jimmy Butler walk, you know? Decision to make. You go with a proven playoff performer versus a guy that's been traded like three or four times. You know, he doesn't stay with teams long, and now you're going to sign him to this this huge contract that, honestly, the only way you could probably get rid of it is if you attach draft picks to it. You know, Al Horford, what's that? Mr. Bias Harris is going to pay it. Well, let's let's look that up, but it's uh, north of 20 mil annually. Let me uh, look at this contract. But yeah, uh, then you can mention Al Horford, and honestly, the Sixers were crazy to offer him uh, offer years. him a long term deal, hundred eighty million, right? Oh my god! Wow, yeah. For what? What has he done? You know, and that's no disrespect to him. He's a solid player, but he's not like I know the NBA is overpaying a lot of people, and you maybe they're not necessarily being overpaid because that's how much they make for these teams. But I mean, hey, what's well, only fair? Hey, I- out the Knicks for their decision making. So shout out Sixers. Um, yeah. Jeez Louise, man. That is brutal. I I don't even you know what there's not a lot to say about yeah. that. What do, you, what do you what do you think about the Celtics? Uh David? well I I mean they're taking care of business. You know, Hayward uh went down with an ankle injury and it, I don't think he's gonna be back because he's also gonna stay for the birth of his fourth child. Uh, he's supposed to make an announcement tomorrow to the media. It was kind of yeah. What do you think's coming with that? I don't know. Someone someone joked and said he's going to retire. I just think he's going to stay. He's yeah. I just think he's going to say he's going to stay out for the rest of the playoffs. I think that's the smart thing to do. Is it um, for I him? I mean, his man, his stock is just not high right now. And yeah, but it's not going to get higher by sitting at home. I know. I don't know. I I, I just you, don't know. Don't you want him to play and see if you can salvage his stock? Yes, you do. do. Maybe he doesn't want to get traded, though. You know, maybe he's like, because he's not, I think it's uh, two years and then he's a free agent because I think he has a player option on his deal. So it's not like he's going to take, right? Oh, yeah, because it's it's like 20-something mil. So he's definitely not going to opt out of that, especially in this market where we don't even know what the salary cap is going to be, you know, in light of – the uh, COVID situation, unfortunately, but yeah, yeah I, the Celtics look good. They're taking a hit, or was going to take a hit with this whole China thing, right? 
Yeah, that too. Yeah. There's a bunch of financial implications uh, started from uh, Darren Moore's comments and right or wrong. Uh, that's the harsh reality that it's going to affect a lot of people's pockets. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. But yeah. So I think this Celtics. Say anything about it when you had a chance to step up, Mr. Social Warrior. Oh, shoot. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Passes here, not from me. Well, yeah. I mean, this is what this bubble's about, right? It's about social justice and, and equalities. And I think, yeah, the players have done a great job, and especially what they've been given. But, yeah, I mean, Hong Kong is a place, too, and there's a lot of people be, uh, getting in, let's just say, getting in trouble for their religion choices, which is sounds insane nowadays. But, yeah, that's what's going on over there. If you're an American, it's not so crazy if you're from other parts of the Right. Well, it's not crazy when, you know, it's, I guess it's not that big of a deal when you have shoes to sell, but count your uh, everybody out there, count your blessings. Be right. That you have, yes, things are not perfect here by any means. And yes, we should always strive to be better, but definitely never forget to count your blessings. This is true. Each All country right. comes with faults, but yeah, uh, the Celtics, obviously they look good, right? I mean, they're pretty much uh, going to get Brett Brown fired with uh, how bad they're just outclassing the Sixers team and Kemba Walker's not even all the way back yet. Uh, no, I actually was expecting better from Kemba. Um, right. I, you know, I know that this is probably he's coming off and the injury and he's not going to be a hundred percent right away. Maybe it's just, it takes him a little time to establish rhythm, but I was definitely expecting a better performance from Kemba. Tatum is balling, which is great to see, if, especially if you're a Celtics fan, you know, you, you want to see his growth to continue. Oh, golly, speaking of the ringer group that we're on, people on there are so high on Tatum. And I was a big Tatum guy that year that he was drafted. If, if you remember, we talked about it, and I always was like, man, I hope he falls to us somehow, some way. That's who I wanted really, really bad. Um, Celtics made the right the right choice. He really? Oh, he, yeah. But, you know. I mean, he's definitely going to be one of the better players in the ESO Conference uh, next for season. Years, you know, for years. Yeah. For sure. And I don't know about MVP candidate, but definitely all NBA caliber. I mean, he was kind of playing like that uh, second half of the season and then before the restart. But uh, we need yeah, a shot I, for passing on Tatum. Was it, was it, uh, was that, was that the. Uh, wasn't it Philly because they traded, traded down, right? Is it? Or the Celtics traded? Then the Celtics trade down. We got to get that. We got to get right on that. But there was a trade between the Celtics and Philly, which pretty much granted uh, the Celtics a chance to draft Tatum, because that was the Markel Fultz draft, right? Yes. Yeah. So once again, all right. Well, shout out to shout out to Philly for the second time tonight. Yeah, but yeah, I think the Celtics and the the Raptors series are. Man, that's going to be fun to watch. Those wings going at it. Those young athletic wings. Defensive minds. Two great coaches. I know we shouldn't just bury bury the Sixers just yet, but it's just nothing looks – I mean, Embiid's doing everything he can, and it's just not doing anything. Uh, Nuggets, Jazz. How do you feel? Yeah. What do you think? So, I know we both picked them in five, didn't we? Uh, the We picked the Nuggets in five, right? Yeah, I'm not feeling so confident about it right now. No. Well, the problem is, too, um, I was not accounting for Will Barton to still be out with his knee injury. And now reports are saying he's leaving the bubble to get, a, I guess, a second opinion and, and going to see what he can do about his knee. Um, Jamal Murray went off the first game in the fourth quarter after I sent out a tweet pretty much. Yeah. And, and obviously. Me, too, right before he went off. <laughs> yeah, and, well, because we we talk about how he disappears. He does. He just goes on these these trips of disappearing acts where you don't you don't see him or hear from him. Vacations, but but we really need to be talking about Donovan Mitchell. They don't. Uh, they the Nuggets don't have an answer for him. He's doing as he pleases. I mean, game two, game one, obviously. I mean, right, crazy performance. Would he drop fifty seven on them or something like that? Yeah, uh, wasn't that wasn't that uh, second most playoff uh, point yeah. scored? Mm-hmm. I think 
I think it's Jordan first. I think Jordan's on there. Was it? I think he uh, the game he had against the Celtics where he dropped like sixty something or sixty. I want to look that up. I'm better at keeping up with our trivia. Yeah, that's these. But yeah. game two, he spent the whole first half pretty much distributing, making his mm-hmm. team. And then he came out in the third quarter and said, "Okay, my turn." And then dropped twenty one in the third. Um, right. He's just he's doing what he wants to do. What if he if he wants to create, he creates at will. If he wants his own shot, he gets it at will. It's man. As far as my, I, I had Denver in five. I just felt like they were the, the deeper team, the more balanced team. I still think Denver's winning the series, but man, I'm not feeling good about them winning it in five. Yeah, it might it might take one more game to uh, to knock down uh, Utah. And yeah, I mean Mitchell. I mean, I think he's one of the better talents in the NBA. Oh, I just. just- Man, I did, he took it to a level that I just didn't think he was capable of right now. What's that? Said he should have been rookie of the year. Yeah, we we talked about that. Yeah, but on here, Never I don't I don't want to I don't want to poo poo on Simmons today since he's hurt. You know, I, I want to give him. He shouldn't have won that. It was a second year player. Yeah, he shouldn't have won. I agree. That that should have been Mitchell. He should be. He should have been the rookie of the year there. Um, the Nuggets. What 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 do you think their inconsistency from Michael Porter Jr.? I mean, yeah, so you know, he's been touted as like the next coming, right? That's what everyone's been saying. And I mean he looked good in the bubble, but there's a reason why he wasn't always playing, right? I mean well, I he's young. He's also coming off of major injury. Injury, you know. So and then he also just says questionable things off the court, but that's somewhat <laughs> another day. But uh Irving and he's the king of saying questionable things. Yeah, but they love that guy. So I, I don't know. I think this is a big opportunity for MPJ to step up, and he's and he's missing it right now. Um, he really should be trying to take advantage of the opportunity that he has. To I mean, I thought this was potentially a coming out party for him, you know. Um, and then here we are talking about him two games in. As geez, I mean, he's not been bad per se, but he's not right. Good. He he had good. a good game. Uh, yeah. He had a he had a, a good showing last game, but I don't know. I just think it's really the defense. I don't even think it's necessarily the offense. I, I mean, you let the Jazz score 124 on you, right? You know they, they don't really they they don't really have a lot of weapons right now. No, they don't. You know? It took Mitchell to score 50 something for them to even have some kind of chance to yeah. win. You know, still, yeah. So I, I still think the Nuggets are going to take this, but it's probably going to be in six. I mean, I just don't see the Nuggets winning, uh, you know, three more games in a row like that. I don't think they're that dominant to do something like that. Right. Yeah, I don't see it either. I, I, think, it, I think it ends up wrong at least six. Yeah. Which uh, is better for us. I get to watch more basketball. Final series that we're going to touch today, not because the other series haven't been – well, most of them haven't been all that great, but – the last one worthy of mention as far as what our schedule goes for the time that we have Rockets Thunder. This is going exactly how I saw it going. And for you, my friend, unfortunately, yeah. it's not. Hey, sometimes narratives just don't happen. You know, you want to you want to birth them so bad, but they just don't happen. Uh so I watched, I made it a mission to watch all of uh game two today. And there were moments where the Thunder had a chance. SGA came out. He started to make some noise. But there was two stretches that stuck out to me. There was a a, a stretch where the Rockets went 13 on a 13-0 run. And then there was a stretch where they went on a 15-0 run. And one of those, Harden wasn't even on the floor. And obviously Westbrook's not playing. He's wearing his uh, Iron Maiden cutoff shirt trying to coach from the sidelines, talking to the refs. And it's just like, you go on that run without Harden. Eric Gordon goes 0 for 10 from 3. Harden went 2 for, I think he went 2 for 9, 2 for 11 from 3. He finished with, I think, 20 points, but it wasn't like an efficient 20 points. And you still win comfortably. Yeah. just The The Thunder's in trouble. Just to piss you off a little bit more, Chris Paul's, 
plus minus was minus 36 tonight. Wow. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know what? That has to be an all-time low. I, I don't think there's ever been a time where his where he's been that much of a non-deciding factor. Like it's like turns out when your home becomes it. It's 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 just pretty much saying that Chris Paul is not he cannot be the number one guy. It's just it's over. Man, you're burying Chris Paul. No, no, not at all. I think he can it's still over. be so there's too many. There's too many young players on this team, which I alluded to earlier. Uh, not earlier today, but you know, but uh, in this podcast series, and I said that there's a lot of young players, and they just need to step up. Yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm bashing you for CP3, but I should also give you credit for it for 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 SGA. Uh, yeah, plus seven tonight on the plus minus thirty one points on really solid performance. He had what five re- or Six rebounds, two assists. Yeah, it's for a young kid in the playoffs against this Thunder team. It's a solid performance. He is definitely a really big bright spot for the Thunder moving forward. Home is a place we've seen a lot. I, I will say, also, I want to just give this one guy a shout out. He's not offensively gifted or anything, but uh, against Dort, he was uh, on Harden for most of the game and. He pushed the envelope, and I really respected it because most players, you know, they do that and they they commit too many fouls on Harden, and he made Harden work. I mean, Harden had a really bad shooting night, and most of that was because of Dort was on him, and most of the game Dort was on him. I mean, Dort is a rookie, so yeah. yeah and there's not a whole lot of stopping James Harden either. But no, but if you could get him to only make two threes, I mean, excellent. excellent. I don't. I you know. I think. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna say it's sustainable, but I mean, you gotta talk about that. Yeah, no, for sure. I think. Uh, I think what you had OKC in seven in this. No, you want? Yeah, I did. No. Ah, I mean, it's say hey, the the series isn't over. All right, but. <laughs> oh man! I it's mean, Westbrook not- might not even have to come back. Westbrook Westbrook could just take the series off if he wants to. I don't. Uh, you can't. As much as I'm not a big CB3 guy, you can't write him off either. Um, no, he he's the and and this team, I I've said it throughout the season. I felt like a lot of people were a lot of other teams were sleeping on them, and they were catching a lot of people off guard. Um, this is the playoffs; they're not catching anybody off guard. No one's taking nights off. It's you come out and you play to win every game. I just feel like. They're just not good enough, you know. They're, they they don't have enough talent there to 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 compete. Yeah, and this is gonna if they get eliminated. I believe this is uh, four years in a row that the Oklahoma City Thunder have been eliminated in the first round. Yeah, it's no different than when they had Westbrook and yeah. George last year. So, which was supposed to be a better team, or at least yeah. star power wise. Yeah, because um, yeah. this is definitely the better of the two teams so far, as far as what we've seen. Right. And I mean, the series isn't over, but that was just a telling situation that. Well, both games haven't, neither of the two games have been close. Uh, no, but, but for James Harden to have a pretty poor shooting night, which is that someone I, goes, someone that, goes over 10 from three themselves and you still lose. I mean, that's, that's worse. Cause he's not going to continue to shoot bad all series. He's going to figure. No, it. I guarantee you he he'll make double those. And if he, next if game. He haven't been close with him all not shooting well when he does turn it on it's it's gonna get ugly like yeah so i don't know we may have to reconsider our picks here i i did have houston winning it but i think i i think i had it in six or something like that i can't we're not getting uh let's just put it like this way houston's not gonna sweep them but no i don't think they sweep i don't think they sweep um i think cp3 and and those young cats find a way to get one all right well uh that's gonna wrap it up for yeah, today's episode. Unless you have anything else, no, nah, no, nah, that's 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 all good for me. Um, we just to keep everybody in the loop, we'll be recording again and trying to release probably Monday, maybe Tuesday. Um, the idea is to continue to try and put out two pods a week, at least during the playoffs, since there's so much content to cover. Um, so we're gonna keep at that for sure. We hope you guys are are enjoying the content. 
definitely put it put it out there hit a like hit a share on on you know we're, we're trying to blast it on social media any help that we get on this is definitely greatly appreciated so we're trying to definitely grow our little adventure here yes and so just to update uh everybody we are on spotify now uh and we shall be on apple podcast probably here in the next few days uh just waiting on the confirmation on that so that's nice i know most people I know use Apple, but there's a lot of people that don't use Apple. So Spotify is also a nice one. Um, but as far as what I have coming up um, for the music side of the pod, I am interviewing a rapper based out of Seattle. Uh, he's He's been around for, for some years. Uh, I, I've been knowing him for probably like five years, uh, but I'm going to interview him tomorrow. And then y'all will probably see that either next Thursday or next Friday. So yeah, living up to the culture surfing name. Uh, everybody be safe. Uh, please wear your mask and we'll uh, hear from you in a few days. Enjoy the